to the Restart Radio Show, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a really different show because unlike most, we are not going to talk about all the new shiny, shiny things you should buy. We focus on the value of the stuff we already have. The Restart Project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and happier relationship with electronics. Our monthly community electronics repair events here in London, called Restart Parties, are just the beginning. My name is Janet Gunter from the Restart Project, and I'm joined by Dave Lukes. Hi. He's a uh, volunteer with us, with the Hackney Fixers as well. And uh, we were just joking about how he's become a darning ninja as well. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a day job in IT, which he's taking some time out from today. And we'll be talking about some repairs we've done at our first restart party of um, the year. And we'll also be talking about some of the hype gadgets from the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, which happens every January in Vegas. Apparently, they take over the city, and we hear a lot of hype about it, Um, although this year, a little bit less, thankfully. (laughs) And then we're going to talk about another... um, Another, uh, well, obsolescence, e-waste-related story which caught our attention this week. Um, But Dave, let's get started with some repairs that we saw last night at the Brixton Pound Store on Atlantic Road. Um, I, I, we had a really interesting uh, night, partly because we had some professional repair, repairers come. And we wanted to promote them, help promote their services in the community. Did you, you met uh, the Brixton Spin Doctor? Yeah, I met the Brixton Spin Doctor and also Carl, what was his name? Of his Carl, uh, Carl from... Uh, Ag, uh, oh, Ag, I'm going to blank. Ag, I'm just, I just met them. Um, Agt Social, I believe they're called, yeah. and it's a small IT firm um, in Loughborough Junction. Yeah, and we had lots of fun repairing with them and with our usual crowd of restart volunteers. Um, a whole lot of different things got repaired. I did a Fairphone, mm-hmm. an old Fairphone one with a busted char- USB charging port. Um, that and was interesting because it shows that even something as nice as the Fairphone which for those of you who don't know is an ethically sourced mobile phone, um, even that is subject to wear, wear and tear. And those little tiny USB micro charging ports, uh, to be honest, they're a pain because sooner or later they just wear out. And this one was very loose. <clears throat> yeah, me. they get a lot of wear and tear just um, inevitably. And we see them, um, well, we also see them quite filthy. But we, we and so yeah. sometimes the problem is actually just literally a blast of air. But oftentimes they've been kind of abused to the point where they need to be uh, either well replaced or fixed back onto a circuit board. Both of which can be pretty fiddly, right? Yeah, you're yeah. talking very small soldering skills. Yeah. You know, you need to the tr- the tracks on the circuit board are what tenth of a millimeter wide. You know, it's really small work. Um, it's hard to do in a pop-up event. I suppose if yeah. you had like a really, um, you know, really uh, high-spec, you know, workbench and you were used to doing this kind of stuff, no problem. But in an ad hoc space, a small space yep. like the one we were in last night, it's hard. Yeah. Also, it's another thing. The Fairphone 1, here's a, here's a good example of how things improve. The Fairphone 1, that nasty little socket is soldered directly to the circuit board. So you need to desolder it. On the Fairphone 2, it's actually a separate little piece with a cable. Yeah, that's so a huge development. And it's kind of, when we saw the new design of the new Fairphone, that was one of the most exciting things, which is this idea that 
like modular. It, it's real. Yeah. It really is modular. You can just literally switch out um, faulty parts like that. So that's cool. Well, I'm, yeah. um, hopefully we'll be able to follow through with that Fairphone user if she gets a spare part. Yeah. Um, the other repairs that I thought we might talk about were the, some of the ones that the Brixton Spin Doctor, who's a really cool appliance repairman who tweets his repairs often, mm-hmm. shares. Um, he came for the first time and volunteered, which is really cool. And um, Steve helped with... Um, by the way, if you're on Twitter, you can follow the Spin Doctor. It's at Bricks Spin Doctor. And um, so S- Steve, the Spin Doctor, worked on a vacuum. And we see this often. Um, I'm pretty sure the vacuum somehow uh, overheated, got filthy inside the actual chamber of the va- where, the, where, the, uh, where the motor is. Did you yep. see the motor, Dave? No, I didn't mm-hmm. see it, but I've seen many like it. Yeah. And what happens is traditional electric motors are very complex. Basically, it's a big chunk of metal with... I won't go into the details, but there's a lot of wire there that can get overheated. And as soon as the insulation burns through, that's it. You can't do a quick and easy repair. You have to completely rewind all those complicated coils of copper wire. Yeah. So, I mean, for the for the amateur, which would be me, um, a motor is really heavy. It looks like it's got heaps of copper wire wrapped around inside it. Yeah. Um, it's usually in a fairly, I mean, tamper-proof metal case. Um, mm. And those ones, the other thing about vacuum motors, at least those, um, that particular model, which is fairly standard, is that they cost at least 50 quid. And, yeah. you know, when you look at, what is it going to cost to get a new budget uh, vacuum? It's you know it's it's not it's not worth it. I mean, even yeah. if you were to do the repair yourself, it still would. It's kind of hard to justify. Yeah, and mm. it also, to be honest, hand rewinding an electric motor would take you literally hours, if not days. Yeah, it's that much wire. The one right? thing that um, so Steve, the bricks and spin doctor, mentioned was that um, that Dyson has uh, has innovated in this and cr- and been able to create smaller, more affordable motors. And I, we, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but we maybe we should have a maybe we should look into the vacuum for one of our even for one of our um, yeah. our documentary podcasts. And because it's an interesting kind of icon of domestic appliances and you know innovation yeah. there actually is um is possible still if you think about it yeah well you look i mean dyson people tend to think of as being a fashion icon more than yeah. being a technological innovator but actually that those vacuum cleaners work pretty well there's know? another um point about vacuums generally <laughs> is that um people don't necessarily know um, and this can cause the error that we, the, the problem we saw is that people don't necessarily check the maintenance advice. So yeah. what kind of filter do you have? How often must it be cleaned? Um, yeah. Or do you have one of those special ones that doesn't need cleaning? <laughs> Sometimes people make really dumb assumptions and then end up paying for it. So it's something to, to watch. Yeah. Um, and so spare, the cost of spare part in that case is pretty much prohibitive to repair. So that vacuum Certainly. is pretty much end of life. The second thing that um, the spin doctor looked at was... Um, dehumidifier, which was powering on, um, but seemingly not doing its job dehumidifying. So like no water was gathering in the the basin. And um, they opened it up. It's quite heavy, right? Because it's got this big compressor inside Um, and identified that the circuit board was faulty in some way. I'm pretty sure they also deemed it impossible to repair the circuit board. And I was surprised to learn that uh, this is a, it's not a no-name dehumidifier, but it's sold by a major retailer and just it didn't look mm-hmm. like something you'd be able to get a part for. But um, on UK white goods, they were able to locate the part, which was interesting. Wow. And I That's think good. it was affordable. So the, um, the owner's going to go home and try that one. There are a couple of places online that you can 
source um, spare parts for domestic, small domestic appliances. Um, yep. There's yep. this in the UK. There's e spares and this UK white goods. There may be more places, um, but this is often a huge obstacle to repairs, right, Dave? Yeah, it is. And one thing I would say is don't give up. Yeah. You know, um, many times, for instance. My last interesting find was that there is actually a company who specializes in electric toothbrush batteries. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Right. Because that's the first thing that goes. Oddly enough, the mechanical mechanism on your electric toothbrush doesn't go. The head is, of course, replaceable. So what's the only thing that goes? Eventually, those old nickel cadmium batteries wear out after a few thousand charge mm-hmm. cycles. So what you need to do is get a new one. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of the company, but there is a company which yeah. was formed by a guy who was annoyed that he couldn't get a replacement battery for his electric toothbrush. Yeah. So he formed a company that sells them, and he has instructions on there about how to open it up and replace the supposedly unreplaceable battery. This is kind of one of the more, like, the kind of the people who are mo- more activists, I would say, on the repair um, mm-hmm. repair activism or environmental activists are looking at this issue of, of yeah. access to spare parts. And France has passed some... I don't know how effective, but some legislation forcing uh, either I, I, well forcing manufacturers essentially to make spare parts available for longer, um, mm. and that that's been a little, that's been on the table in in Europe as well. Um, we're not necessarily convinced that forcing is the way to go, but it is a huge issue and needs to be looked at the access to spare parts, um, and we find that many repairs require them that we just can't do so. Toasters are a great example. Heating elements, it's really hard to get yeah. heating elements. So when, you know, I, I, in fact, I think that's the, the largest, that's, that's the uh, most frequent um, repair made impossible that yes. our parties yeah. is at toasters. Um, moving on, um, we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about what happened in Vegas. Um, in this case, what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas <laughs> because we get it all on social media, all the hype from the tech media about what's happening at the um, Consumer Electronics Show. And um, some of the things that caught our eye, although to be honest, this year, I thought actually they didn't do a great job of even hyping stuff. There was the self-flying drone car which essentially essentially looks like you know i guess like a blade runner flying yeah, yeah. thingy flying jobby that you it's a mini helicopter anyway yeah. it just it look doesn't look more like more more than a prototype but yeah i think it's it's an interest to be honest i think that whole thing with self-driving cars etc etc there's a whole lot of pitfalls with it with the, the with they're still waiting to discover like what happens when a child runs out in the road in front of them and yeah but you squ- were saying that with these drones they have all these sensors oh and yeah they do yada, yada. but that actually does not solve the problem because people then learn to abuse those right they learn yeah. to throw things up in the path of them for instance just i just think a lot of that stuff the stuff that they present yeah. as consumer or like consumer consumer items, they seem so far from being actual totally, cons- yeah. Uh, yeah. things accessible to us. Um, some of the things that were potentially more uh, accessible to the average person were, you know, the, the was wearables. So this is the second oh. year of the we- uh, second or third year that there's been loads of talk about wearables. And I loved how the tech media called uh, this year that the, the wearables were more mature. <laughs> Does that mean for a more mature audience? Yeah, maybe? I, don't, I don't know. Is that <laughs> no? I, I can't think of anything that that fits in that category. But I just like <laughs> the idea that gadgets can be mature. So um, I think we heard about was a, a Samsung smart belt. Honestly, 
I I wish sure. I could confess that I actually read more, but I, I'm just a little skeptical about the idea that of a, a smart belt. Surely um, it's just another way of putting a piece of electronics on someone. Yeah. And I just, I think there's such a lack of creativity in some way yeah. in this field. Um, and, you know, it's not like our, our position is not that, you know, like everything new is crap. It's like... Um, Make things that inspire us, that, yeah, that you know, improve exactly. our lives, that that are really ch- game changing. Yeah. Um, don't just you know desperately try, yeah, find another way to put something on our body. Like, yeah. really think out of the box, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there is something waiting to be done in that area, isn't there? Yeah. You know, maybe a smartphone that can do something really useful. I mean, we I've seen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Quite a few innovations in the medical sphere where they're using mm. smartphone cameras with add-on lenses to do. You know, with this clever thing where you can kind of take a photograph of something and have it analysed and say, is that is that a can- skin cancer or not, or is it this? And those kind of things. Yeah. There are. Okay. Yeah, I suppose, but I suppose those kind of redeeming projects can't waste their time going to Vegas and you know trying to get exactly. in the hype cycle or whatever. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm searching for what were yeah. some other things, Dave. Well, the only other see? thing that I noticed was. The hoverboards. There was one hoverboard which caught fire and burnt apparently quite dangerously. Um, and the other point that one of the commentators Wait, made was that, that, sorry, that's one of the brands that was widely reported last year. Yeah. yeah, that in fact I think Amazon UK forced the they took it down. They no longer that's sold right. that one. Yeah, but you were saying that that was banned from the actual premises. Oh no, the, the whole they. The, <laughs> you could show hoverboards, but you couldn't ride them in Vegas, in CES, apparently. Really? Okay. Yeah, well, apparently. That's funny. Which makes sense. It's quite a crowded area, I'm guessing. So you don't really want people <laughs> zooming around on those boards. right? But it's ironic that you can't use the device that they're, they're hyping, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, hey, you know. Well, and the other thing that I actually found as a slight relief was I think it was Lifehacker kind of they, – they deemed uh, essentially – most of the consumer devices that we see at restart parties, they kind of, they deemed them uh, no longer exciting, I think yeah. it was. And I was like, well, that's great, because it means that essentially they're not going to keep trying to sell us stuff that we don't need in the, in the realm yeah. of the stuff that we already quite, we use loads. So mobiles, tablets, uh, laptops. Um, so I kind of, I, I found some relief in that notion that they're no longer exciting. Good. Um, yeah, that's, that's good, isn't it? They've become every day. Yeah. Well, anyway, maybe we can hold out for next year when. Um, oh, the, the other thing that I, I'd forgotten about was the um, it was a turntable. There was a turntable oh, yeah. that got loads of attention. A Technics turntable. Um, can you explain to the layperson who's not a DJ like why <laughs> this is? Because this was actually one of the the most uh, I would say hyped yeah. consumer device that that we might this buy. Is all, yeah. This is this is it's an for those of you who are old enough to remember vinyl records. You know, the analog stuff. This is a Technics turntable. I think the model number is 1200. And it's actually a sort of modern reinvention of a classic DJ turntable. There was also quite liked by audiophiles. And the but, idea is it's very similar, mm-hmm. but it's also, it's much, very, <coughs> excuse me, very little to do with jazzy, shiny, shiny computer electronics and much more to do with how well it's manufactured. You know, it, it's, it's a style icon to some extent. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I also f- I, I don't think the price was mentioned in most of the pieces about this. You turntable. know, it's going to be expensive. You <laughs> yeah. know, the cheap version is cast aluminium, and by the way, they said the case is ten millimeters thick. Wow! Now you think about how thick that is in terms of a chunk of aluminium. Yeah. Now, even if they're exaggerating it, what we're saying is this is a very solid piece of old school electronics modernized up. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Go look at the pictures; it's lovely. It's a work of art. 
I, I was looking at saying, wow, look at the gimbals on that. Yeah. The fancy pivot part that holds the arm. Sure, Amazing. but I mean, I figure, like, again, yeah. this is for, like, you know, a, a very small subset, of potentially, the population. Yeah. The other thing we did notice, though, was that um, in the lead up to Christmas, apparently one of the biggest, the best selling uh, you know, consumer goods was actually was again a turntable, but it was retailing at something like fifty dollars. It's not just a turntable though. That thing is a what we used to call a gramophone. It's an actual record player. It has speakers and amplifier. Okay, which so it's I'm an a little all skeptical in one. about. Yeah, it's also apparently it, it was it's designed to convert uh, vinyl to digital files as well. As well, okay. But um, anything that retails at fifty dollars, um, I'm you've got to wonder about the quality. Yeah. But that was quite interesting. So that's one to watch. Is is this re- is this going to return to vinyl a real like is is this is this a big is this a thing? Is this enough to also save the consumer electronics industry? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. But it, vinyl is a nice thing. You know, years ago when CDs came out, people were pointing out that vinyl is much more of a, a kind of possession. It's it's a big thing. You've got this big sleeve that you can put pictures on. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, you know, I have good memories of that, of exactly. running around the house, you know, stomping and it's around also some more DJ, and, Yeah, and for DJs, it's a more friendly medium. Yeah, it's no, much for easier sure. to put the needle in the right place. For right? sure. Okay, um, you're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM, and this is Restart Radio. Um, we've talked a little bit about some of the repairs we did yesterday at our restart party in Brixton. Um, actually, we we were joking, that was the pre-party to the Bowie tribute in Brixton, yeah. which was um, huge, actually. Um, and then we've been talking a little bit about um, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, which happens every January. And now we're going to talk about um, the last story um, that we had in mind, which is a quite interesting um, phenomenon. Basically, uh, there are, every every time Apple puts out a, or designs a new device and takes it to for manufacture, there's loads of leaks, there's loads of rumors, and one rumor um, one rumor surfaced that the Apple iPhone Seven uh, will not have a standard 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. That in fact Apple is trying to get rid of the one of the most standard standards mm-hmm. in electronics, like one of the, the the bedrocks of I would say consumer electronics standards. Um, it's that it's the headphone jack that all of our head all of our small headphones have. Yeah. Um, Dave, can you explain technically what this is all about? Okay, right. Um, I'm sure you're all aware everybody has the same plug on the end of their headphones, right? And that's been going around since the 1960s, and it's actually based on a bigger thing. The quarter, That's the 3.5-millimeter jack, and that's based on the quarter-inch jack plug, which is still used by guitar. Electric guitars still have those, for instance. So it's a very, very old sound. It goes back to Victorian times and the very first telephone exchanges. So it has a very venerable and good history, and... The only problem as far as we can see with this from Apple's point of view or other phone manufacturers is it's a little bit wide. And, of course, one of the things that they need to do is find new ways to sell phones. And one of the things they sell them on is thinness. How thin can you make your phone? But even after Bendgate, we were joking (laughs) because apparently the first iPhone 6 actually bent in people's pocket because it was so thin or flimsy Well, I've had, even with thicker phones, I've had the problem of casually putting it in my pocket and sitting on it. 
Right. You know? So, but we've been joking about this, and you know, in the end of the day, the polls show people want longer battery life. You know, yeah. like okay, but so, but Apple is obsessed with this. It's it's an innovation narrative, isn't it? Thin, exactly. Thin, small. And not thin. just Apple either. Samsung have yeah, been guilty of the same. Many others too, I'm sure. Everybody wants to have a beautifully slim phone. Okay. So what what are they opting? Well, what's the rumor that they would opt for well, to replace it? The rumor is with? they're getting rid of that entirely, and they are instead just having one connector on the base of the phone which is their what's it called lightning is it or something like no is it a, what the hell is it called it's lightning <laughs> bolt can't or keep something up. like that okay so it's, it's that kind of it does everything it charges the phone it it it's yeah. uh, it, it carries audio and data and everything exactly yes and there'll just be this one connector that you should charge it sync it do all that stuff with download data onto it now there are in some ways, it sounds like a great idea, right? Just one connector. Also, it does have certain mechanical advantages. You know, the fewer connectors you have, mm. the more reliable your phone is and so on and so forth. And it also means it's easier to make it waterproof, for instance, you know, water-resistant. So okay. there are slight positives to it. But, of course, the downside is everybody who buys one of these, if they, this happens, which I emphasize this is still a rumor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's a fairly solid rumor. And... As far as we can see, the only reason they'd have for doing that is it makes the phone a bit thinner and simplifies it. But on the downside, everybody has to get new headphones or get an adapter. Also, you can't listen to music while you're charging your phone in that case. Okay. okay. And the headphones that you would buy, this connector, unlike the old 3.5mm jack plug, which just sends analog, in other words, plain audio that you can go straight to your speakers or earphones or whatever into an amplifier this would have a digital signal so your nice new fancy phones headphones would have to have a digital to analog converter they would actually have to convert the digital signal coming out of the phone into something that your headphones can understand so that's yet another piece of electronics so you'd have to throw away your old headphones creating one piece of e-waste, and have a more complicated piece of electronics to replace it. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, so this is why Apple bought Beats, the, you know, the Dr. Could Dre be. headphone manufacturer. Be. Um, mm. Okay, so, okay, so the reason that this all caught our attention actually was that we, we caught wind of a petition on um, someofus.org. And the petition is called... Apple is ditching the standard headphone jack to screw consumers and the planet. <laughs> um, and, you know, okay, this got, and it, 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 lightning fast got over 100,000 signatures. Now it's around, it's just, just under its goal of 250,000, or new goal of 250,000. It's a quarter of a million people. It's kind hmm. of interesting, this idea of a petition based on a rumor. Um, and let me just read parts of it, because we have some friends that also bitched a little bit about this uh, this petition had some critiques, so we'll go through those. The petition reads, Apple is about to rip off every one of its customers again. <laughs> um, it says, um, it will single-handedly create mountains of electronic waste that likely won't get recycled. Uh yeah. So basically, they frame this um, in in terms in environmental terms. This 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 uh, this petition. Now it's interesting because our friend um, our friend journalist Adam Minter, who looks at um, e waste and waste in China, and he's done quite a lot of work on on electronics and all these issues. 
he was really critical because he was like, so what exactly? So these people are saying, he's like, what is the e-waste that will be created? Because if all these people are planning on ditching their mobile to buy a new one, they're the ones creating the waste <laughs> by course. by constantly upgrading and constantly buying new phones. Now, I'm a little bit more sympathetic. I think a lot of the people that sign, people have different motives. Yeah. Some people sign this because they're pretty much invested. They know they're going to be using iPhones over their life. Like they, They're invested yeah. in Apple. They might not necessarily buy the iPhone 7, but they might buy one down the line. Yeah. Um, but I do take Adam's point. What do you think? that? I mean, yeah. it, it will create waste in the sense that, yes, people will get an extra pair of headphones. Um, I think the, the bigger yeah. issue is whether Apple is trying to kind of create its own standard and, and yeah. make all headphones obsolete in some way for well, everyone. Careful, it makes the 3.5 millimeter jack obsolete. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, Firstly, it's not just headphones. People have these nice little sound docks and stuff like that, you know, where you plug your phone in so you can listen to your music. You know, I have a couple of little speakers I can plug into my phone. So those will be made obsolescent as well. Mm. Um, And I did – somebody did actually say to me, well, it's progress, you know. Some people use Bluetooth headphones instead, so who cares, you know. But even there, you've got an issue. If you upgrade to Bluetooth headphones, that's another complex piece of electronics you've got to maintain. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we notice at restart parties is that uh, people are quite emotionally attached to headphones in a way that they're not to other things. And we also, if you look at our um, at our database, we we have a hundred percent success rate at fixing headphones. Yes, usually a loose wire. They're entirely fixable and maintainable for a long period of time. So I think there is an argument to make that that um, that making headphones obsolete really does really will create a mountain of e-waste and potentially upset people who are attached to the a certain kind of headphone that they have yeah and we'll add another piece of another complication to the chain if you like because now instead of having the digital to analog conversion in the phone you have to have every in every set of headphones yeah absolutely which means your headphones are not going to be less likely to fail they will still have all the current failure modes broken wires that kind of stuff detached wires and you'll also have this piece of electronics which can fail yeah that's a good point because uh, currently headphone repairs are quite straightforward okay well thanks for that uh uh take on on this whole thing we you know we don't it's not that we love to talk about apple it's that it's just (laughs) it's such an important player and um and it really does like touch a you know hit a chord with people like this definitely um the other thing we wanted to say about this particular um petition was interesting that uh, in the tech media they essentially they cut and paste from the petition and they they did frame the issue of the new headphone jack or rumored new headphone jack as as an environmental issue and i think yeah. now while i agree with our friend adam's critiques i do think that it's a step forward if the tech media starts looking at uh, you know in advance yeah. instead of after the fact look at obsolescence and start you know critiquing um, yeah. different plans based on that yeah it- the fact that they are at least aware of and interested in that is a good thing, period. Yeah. Yeah, you can argue about whether they got the right angle or not, but a year or two ago, they wouldn't even have mentioned this. And, right? of course, Adam is correct that um, if yeah. you're upgrading every year, that's a much bigger problem than <laughs> oh, if yes. you have to toss one pair of headphones. Absolutely. So, um, well, that, that's, uh, that's all we have for today for our first show of uh, 2016. Um, we promise we won't be talking about so many shiny, shiny things probably next week. <laughs> um, just events coming up. Um, we've got... Uh, 
well, on, on this weekend, there are a couple of restart parties in Italy, but that's probably not relevant. Um, <laughs> we'll, be having, um, we'll be having a restart party in Hackney with your, yeah. with your crew, right, um, Dave? Quick plug for that. 23rd at the Redmond Centre, which is a lovely place, um, nice community centre. Beautiful place if you haven't been there, um, up near Manor House. Yeah, and we'll be having a women's Skillshare in the morning on sewing machine maintenance, but men have a special invite to this women's Skillshare. We yeah. thought we would it would be some kind of cosmic justice to invite men to the sewing machine Skillshare. I'm, I'm going to that. I really <laughs> Very want to good. Know about it. Yeah, so you are the dar- darning ninja. And also, as well. we, we are going to have a couple of clothing repair people there, so it's going to be a bit, bit yeah. like a, it's going to be a miniature big fix for those yeah. who went along to that. So we're going to be doing a bit of clothing repair as well as the So that starts, the Skillshare starts at 11 a.m. on Saturday the 23rd. Um, and then the, and you can also come and fix gadgets, right, through yeah. through the, through, from 11 till... And I, the council are having one of their give and take events. Yeah. So okay, you when, may even be able to salvage something. When does something. that wrap up in the afternoon? I think that was, it's, it's five hours, I think. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, it's on our website, therestartproject.org. Um, you can catch up with all of our events. Um, you can subscribe to this um, to hear about this uh, radio show online as well um, and find all of our social there. We're on Twitter, The Restart Project. Um, thanks, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.